Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Beyond the Couch with Rachel Stewart, where we discuss all things mental health, relationships, and all areas of life beyond the therapist chair. Today, I am joined by Monique Michelle. She is the founder of Divorce Recovery University, and we're so excited today. We are talking about life after divorce. This is a necessary topic, um, and so I'm just so excited. Thank you so much, Monique, for coming and talking with me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Love it. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you got into creating Divorce Recovery University. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Again, my name is Monique Michelle. I'm a transformational speaker and a divorce recovery coach, founding CEO of Divorce Recovery University. We call it DRU. Um, in the next space, we focus on women in the transition from uh, marriage to life after divorce. Once you, divorce is a traumatic experience. Um, I'm a divorced woman myself, so I sat in that chair and I know the, the traumatic experience that divorce caused. So I married my um, desire to be of service and my experience of being a divorced mother Coming from a, a a unit to a single mom, that was a yeah. difficult, one of the most traumatizing um, part of my life. So I sit in the yeah. seat. I just want to be a bridge. So again, we focus um, on divorced women looking to transition from brokenness to wholeness from the traumatic cause of a divorce. I love that. So does that involve like, is it counseling? Is it groups? What type of services are people engaging in? Well, we do one-on-one -on -one coaching and also coaching. So okay. it depends on what the person, sometimes when you first get into that seat, you're dealing with a lot of emotions. Shame may be one yeah. of them. Um, so it's sometimes you don't want to come right in and do the community thing, which mm -hmm. I believe that's the best seat to sit in. When you ask, actually have that community, it's great. But we yeah. offer one-on-one in on the group coaching. Yes, we're okay. all certified divorce coaches. Awesome. Why do you think it's so necessary to heal from divorce? Because I think that there's a lot of messages we get about divorce, right? And in certain communities, especially in like black and brown communities, it's kind of mm -hmm. like divorce really wasn't accepted until recently. It was kind of like you said, that shame was so huge, right? It was kind of like, you don't get divorced, you work it out, you know, all kind of things. So, um, but it's so traumatic. You know, I know when I went through my divorce, people were like, it's like a death. And I didn't realize it until going through it and even the couple of years afterwards of how much you really have to grieve it, you know, kind of like a death. So why do you think the healing part is so necessary? It's so important. In order to move on through life, you do have to address the issues that got you there, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, going through the recovery phase of a divorce, it calls some self-awareness. And when you have self-awareness, you can address those things whether you didn't show up as your best, whether you, your picker was off because you picked the wrong person to unite with, right. all those things are important to move forward. And I had to work on a lot of forgiving myself, mm, you know, yeah. some of the internal stuff, because um, I think I walked into my marriage broken, Yeah, you know, so it's some things that happened during the divorce, I mean, during the marriage and also before the marriage that you have to... Um, just be aware of. So the yeah. healing part of, of a divorce really just position you to actually have the exceptions and open up so many opportunities to live yeah. your best life. 
Because if you don't address them, you don't heal from them, you will repeat them. Mm-hmm. You really going into a new romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship or courtship, whatever it is, it's going to fester again if you don't address it. Absolutely. So you have to just deal with those things. And sometimes, you know, it could be unbeknownst to you on some ways that you're showing up um, to everybody else. So right. the, the recovery part of divorce gives you the opportunity to say, hey, let me pause. Mm-hmm. Let me do some inner assessments. See what some areas that I would like to be better in. Yeah. Areas that I would like to evolve and grow. Some things that I need to address. Absolutely. So the recovery phase answers all those. Then they give you a plan of action. Hey, mm. how to get there. It gives you something to hope towards. Like, yeah. okay, you're here today where you have a desire to be. Right. You know, with, with no boundaries, with, with no limitations, where do you have a desire to be? Yeah. And that's what, as a coach, that's what we work towards getting you there, giving you tangible steps, actions, um, homework, um, Things you can do with your community, your people mm-hmm. that's around you, that love you, that high five you, that support you. Things yeah. you can do with them to move you forward. I love so that. It's very important, you know. It's so good, especially you, you brought up such a good point about knowing who you are. So many people, they get married and they don't know who they are. And marriage becomes this mirror, right? It teaches you, I think, so much more about yourself than even the other person. Um, and divorce, I think doubly so. You know, you really say like, okay, who was I? Did I lose part of myself? Did I become a person that I didn't recognize? Or did I even know who I was going into it? I know for me, I got married really young the first time. I married when I was 21 um, Mm -hmm. and we had a baby right away and all that. And so I didn't even have my identity solidified as a woman yet. You know, who I was at 21 is so different than who I was at 25. It's so different than who I was at 30, you know? And so just knowing like, wow, like you said, sometimes you're a picker, you know, or the idea of marriage was so, for me, the idea of marriage was very tantalizing. I wanted to be married. I found somebody who wanted to be married. And that was how we chose rather than saying, is this what God wants for us? Is this what we really want for ourselves? Um, It became this thing. And so obviously, you know, that will start you on shaky ground. Um, For those who are in the process, maybe even of considering divorce or going like, what are some signs that, a divorce might need to happen. And again, I know that for some people, this is hard because they really, you know, for me, I was one of people like, I didn't believe in divorce. I was like, no, you can always work it out. God can do it. And I was like, absolutely. But I also recognize free will came into it too, right? If two people yeah. were no longer yeah. working on it together, then God can do all he wants to do, but we also have to partner with him too, right? So for for me, you know, and I can talk about it later, but like for you, how do you coach people if they're like, I'm I'm considering it, right? And I, I'm not sure, but what are some signs that a divorce might be the healthiest option for somebody? You know what? I, I everyone is different, of course, right? So if if I meet a, a young lady that's in the thought process, right? If you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about it, um, is a great chance that some issues need to be addressed, right? And sometimes we think God hates divorce. What God hates about divorce is how it leaves you broken, how mm-hmm. it leaves you questioning yourself, questioning him, questioning your identity. That's the part of divorce God hates. Absolutely. And when people hear um, whatever God join, let no man basically divide, right? But we think God is in all marriages, and that's not the case because we have free will, right? 
So he tells us the type of marriage that that he basically unified, the type of two people, and it's mm-hmm. two complete individuals. And mm-hmm. it tells us how we, what that looked like. In Genesis, it tells us in the beginning what that looked like, right? Yeah. And Adam was a certain type of person even before he presented Eve to her, to him, mm-hmm. right? So when we think about let no man, you know, divide, basically, it's a certain type of two individuals that God joins together. Absolutely. Now, God could bless anything, right? Mm-hmm. But we need to take ourselves out of it and t- take away the good feel of, hey, I want to be married, or he made me feel this way, or I like this, I like that. How do this enhance the kingdom? That part. How, how, yeah, how, how, how do this build me as an individual? What do I have that I can give to this person? How can I yeah. enhance his life? How can he enhance my life? And if we start there, then we may be working with a, a good foundation, of course, with some other things in place, but maybe we're working with a good foundation versus how we get together on the ground and everybody else, everybody else think of us. And that, that stuff right there, because at the end of the day, when that's over with, you're going to still be left with that person. Yeah. You're going to be miserable. So yeah. how did you know you headed towards divorce or we need to talk about divorce? It's how you pick. Mm-hmm. Because when my pickle was off, I was not a whole individual. I had a lot of childhood trauma that needed to be addressed. So when I said I do, I really didn't. I was headed mm-hmm. to divorce. Wow. Yeah. When I said I do, I was headed, the person I was at that altar, I was headed towards divorce. Yeah. Because God would have me and my brokenness to connect with a person in a marriage, a unity that I wasn't, I didn't even have my identity together. Right. I yeah. couldn't help him with his purpose and his dream and his vision. I couldn't be a, help, a good helpmate because I needed a whole lot of help. <laughs> yes, that's so good. There's a, um, are you familiar with Tori Roberts? He's a, he's married to T.D. Jake's daughter, Sarah. Yes. He did one that, one of the things, I used to put this on repeat during my single days, but it was talking about the five keys identifying soulmates. But one of the things that he said is just, you know, that like almost, I won't say a myth because it's in the word, but that, well, what, well, God joined together. He's like, but what about what people join together? So many times we will join together off of what we think. And like you said, and, and we're coming from these places of brokenness and, and nobody is ever fully complete and whole and perfect, but the goal is to be as whole as you can before you're joining yourself with somebody. And like you said, I, that was so powerful. And I think a lot of people will resonate at the altar, you say, I do, but I didn't because I can resonate with that. Like I absolutely was headed toward the, that version of me. I didn't even have a solid relationship with God. So how was I going to have a solid relationship with my husband, you know, and, and with doing that. So that's so, so good and so powerful. And I think people, they do. Um, and it, it can come from lack of preparation, knowing how to prepare properly. So many people think, okay, we do four sessions of marriage counseling and we good, but they don't talk about, you know, well, what inner work has been done too? Like you said, are you resolving some of that childhood trauma? Because it's not going to go anywhere. You know, are you resolving some of the issues that you have? If you got a issue with always cheating and always doing stuff, marriage doesn't solve that. Even if you absent it before marriage, that don't solve that. Marriage is not going to solve those issues. Marriage enhances those issues. And that's what leads us, you know, sometimes to the divorce too. So really taking some time to address some of those things before we get into that union. I couldn't agree. I agree. And challenge yourself, you know, challenge yourself to say, um, 
I'm going to be disciplined towards X, Y, Z. Even if that discipline is, um, I'm not going to eat out for seven or whatever, something small. And mm-hmm. if you struggle with those small promises you make to yourself, mm-hmm. that's a clear indicator that um, those big things that you have to practice discipline yeah. and, and the willpower to do what to don't do, when you have to operate a little bit out of your own desires yeah. and what you have desire to do at that moment, that means you probably need to practice a little bit more, operate a little bit more in your singleness. Mm. And enjoy me. Single life. Yeah. As a single woman right mm. now today, I enjoy it. Mm. I do have a desire to connect with a mate. I do believe I'm a wife. However, in this space I'm in, I'm getting all God have me. All the lesson yeah. I'm trusting the process. So when I do say, yes, I do, I know what that means. Yeah. I am the woman today that can be what I would need to be to a mate. So yeah. you have to become that thing. And you can't wait till you say, I do, to become a wife. You have to have that mindset before I say I do. Woo! Yes. But some yeah. people, especially, and I don't know if it's just how society is now, but so many people are so uncomfortable with being by themselves. And so that singleness is so hard because, you know, we, well, I mean, we're exposed to all the booze and the, you know, relationship goals and all that every t- every time, you know, we on social media. But like, why, how do you coach people as far as telling them like how to become comfortable with themselves and to really enjoy that single season? And it's not just, oh, I'm going to go out all the time, but even the singleness and the stillness, right? Of I can be home by myself and I can enjoy a movie night or I can enjoy just dinner by myself. Yeah. You know, when I ask a question, like if you don't enjoy you, mm-hmm. if you don't like being alone with you, if you can't tolerate the quietness, the silence, and just the you and you, how could someone else do it? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's just be real. Let's just be real and just look at the otherness of just us being human and us having these limited beliefs about ourselves and us having, you know, sometimes we look at ourselves and we don't always see the the beautiful person God sees, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to work on that because what you you believe about yourself is what you're putting out there to the world. Yeah. So if you don't like you, if you you have a problem with you, 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 as soon as I say, hey, my name is Monique Michelle, you're going to see she has some issues with herself. Mm-hmm. The way she dressed, the way she presents mm-hmm. herself. Yeah. The words she say, how she always need validation, mm-hmm. how she show up. So if you take time to really find your identity, the, the more I grow my relationship with Christ, the more yeah. I was able to find the real Monique Michelle. Absolutely. My, my authentic, see, my, my true identity. So because I'm a, a woman of faith and I operate my coaching business that way, so I'm not everybody's coach. I mm-hmm. operate with the love of God, the restoration power of God, the yeah. will of God. Um, and his word tell us what a single individual would look like. Yeah. So I take everything to the word. We, we focus a lot in Genesis because in the beginning, Mm-hmm. We right in the presence of God yeah. and tell us exactly what that single reproduction was being. They had their own time. Yeah. And Adam didn't even know he needed a woman. He was just having himself a good old time. Exactly. And, yeah. it, and, it, and the busyness comes in. It's like, 
it, it's almost like I think it was Paul said, right? Like, you know, it's better to be single, right? Because you're not divided. If you're doing singleness the right way, you almost like have to make time for relationships, right? You have to say, look, do I want to just split up this time between me and God? Do I want to split up this time that I'm working on myself and developing myself? Um, you know, but but it, it's hard because I think we also we weren't created to be alone, right? We're com- we're created for community and not yes. just in romantic right. relationships, but others. So I think one of the gaps that people have too is that they don't have good, solid, regular com- community and platonic community. And that can, they look for these relationships to fill some of that for them, you know? So do you guys talk about that at all as far as like creating community too for people and how important it is to stay connected um to solid friendships and all of that because again you don't want to get married and then y'all are on an island you know and it's just y'all all the time (laughs) that's so true and then when you're on that island by yourself you don't have your community to say well how how do y'all interact or i noticed this when we was out together and Mm -hmm. and sometimes those people on the outside where you trust them and you know they're coming from a hard place because they have your best interest in mind. It's not nobody, oh, she just hating because mm-hmm. I got a new boo. It's not that really I see something. Yeah. You know, or whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you have other people seeing and speaking and praying and, and guiding you because you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. You should want to do this thing called life by yourself. You're not equipped to do it by yourself. So yes, um, after we do our initial consultation call, first thing we talk about is community because you're going to need it. Go on through this process, your action plan, open up different options. All your options include other folks. Mm -hmm. It includes it because you need a support system. Absolutely. you, You can't go through this life with blinders on like nobody else exists. And sometimes we build up that wall we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't yeah. want to love again. And it's not even just romantic relationship. It's friendships. I don't want to love her to the degree mm-hmm. as my girlfriend, my ace school, boom, my bud. And then yeah. she decides she want to do something else or she gets married. She start having kids. She's not yeah. as easily accessible to me. Yeah. So I just want to love from this place called, it's all right. I don't care who I lose. Mm-hmm. And when you meet those people, know that they're not, they're not healthy. Yeah. If you can just, I dated this guy. We was hanging out for about six months. And it was just like, okay, it's over. No. You want to hang out with a person for six months to share intimate conversation, have fans, dice dinners, you know, and then just, it's over. Yeah. But that's the society we're living in. It's almost like a level of disposable it's responsible. That's yeah. not normal. You should no. be able to like people and care for people. If it's that L-O-V-E word, whatever, yeah. on a place of wholeness. Yeah. If people are going to disappoint, just know that this part of our, our fleshly being, we, yeah. we, got, we can't meet the mark all the time. Yeah. People and knowing how to talk about those things. I'm doing a group right now with women talking about friendship and talking about repairing friendships that were broken because so many times people will just be like okay we don't talk no more I'll mess with her no more and it's like but are you did you have the hard conversation of you hurt me 
I'm wounded, but I love you and I don't want you to leave my life. So how do we repair this? But again, we're not having these conversations even in our platonic relationships. So it makes those romantic relationships even harder because we don't know how to deal with conflict and we don't know how to say like, that hurt, you know? Or like you said, we put up that self-protective barrier of cool, I'm never gonna let anybody get that close. Um, or even something that that I went through, going through divorce, it's kind of like, you you might often feel, well, why didn't y'all tell me something was off? Well, why didn't, so now I can't trust people because y'all didn't tell me. No, and I probably wasn't in the place to hear it anyway. Y'all couldn't even told me all day long. Be like, girl, you wasn't gonna receive it. But it, it created a trust issue, right? Because it was like, well, if y'all saw this, then why didn't you tell me? So it's also, and it's our responsibility to make sure we have people who will tell us the truth, but that we're also willing to listen to them too. That is so true. And know that how you show up in your platonic friendship is how you're going to show up in your romantic. Yeah. If you're, if you're always have to be right, if you mm-hmm. self focus and kind of selfish, um, if you speak mean to people, if you dismiss them, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, a, that's a taught behavior. You yeah. gotta show up like that in probably ninety nine percent of your relationship, if not a hundred percent. Yeah. So your your platonic relationships could definitely tell you a lot about yourself when it come up to a, to a romantic relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So when you when someone feels you know okay I've gone and gone through this recovery process I'm feeling healed I'm feeling whole I'm ready to kind of dip my toes back in the water what does that look like you know how do you encourage people and guide people in that way especially when it comes to not bringing baggage let's say if they had a long-term marriage before if they had children before you know how do they make sure they're not bringing some of that emotional because there's some natural triggers that happen right you know so how do how do they go into those relationships healthier I don't, you know what i tell my my clients is know what you want mm. you know and that know what you want don't have to be you know Five, nine, abs, short haircut, long hair. It don't have to be mm-hmm. that. Just know what type of emotional connection you need. Mm-hmm. What type of fulfillment you need from a relationship, right? And not saying that you you chasing it. You'll know when you get, when you, so you know what you want, so you know what you don't want. Mm-hmm. If you That's don't right. make me, if you, if you no. don't make, if the vibe is off, if there's no real genuine connection, don't force anything. And mm-hmm. it's okay for you not to, for somebody not to like you. Mm-hmm. You know, authentic self coming mm-hmm. in the door with, with expectation, but attainable expectations. My girlfriend mm-hmm. tells me all the time, you shouldn't expect. Yes, I don't want to spend time with nothing that I can't expect something from. Yeah. This should hold all the... I expect that. So if I'm in your company, I'm expecting you to be, be, you know, cordial, to be present, to treat me like the woman I am. I'm expecting those things. Now, the more we get into a relationship or friendship or courtship, the expectations get greater. But I I don't want to be around anyone that I can't expect. I expect out of my friendship. I expect things for myself. Yeah. If I accept the date with the young man, you know, be be present. If he's expecting you at a certain time, try to be on time. Be mm-hmm. respectful of his time. If you can't make it, give him call. Right. Be a man or a woman of your word. Those are minimal expectations. If you struggle that with that in the door, mm-hmm. it's going to be an issue in any type of relationship. 
Yeah. So know what you want. Be mindful of that and take responsibility for your triggers. Yes. And no, so no one can make you do anything. If somebody triggers you, that's okay to get triggered. Mm-hmm. It's how you respond to the trigger is of the issue. Because certain things that's in us, um, my, my, I have an absentee father. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a ro- real wounded mother. So I had some childhood traumas that to this day, I can get triggered. Yeah, But I'm not so emotionally connected to my triggers that I react to everything I get triggered with. Yeah. Sometimes I can say, oops, that's a trigger. Mm-hmm. I'm aware now. You have to be self-aware. Yeah, oh, That's me showing up right there. Yeah. And all my ugliness. Because it's still <laughs> parts of me. Don't think because you heal or you're working in your healness and you're on your journey to wholeness that you just, every day, you with your crown and this mm-hmm. upright and it never get crooked. Right. No, it's going to get crooked and it's okay. Yeah. But you are responsible for how you respond. It's your responsibility. It's your ability to respond. Right? Or how you show up to those triggers. So know you're going to get triggered. Be aware of your triggers. And just when you're going into something, just be open to where you have a desire for it to be. And not saying every time we go out on a date, oh, this is the one. <laughs> but just have a know a design where you have a desire to be. Because then yeah. you'll know who fits in that. That goes yes. well, I'm so glad you said that. Yes, yes. But I know where I'm going. I can tell who he wants. Don't worry, think it's him. And put him in this correct category. We could yeah. be platonic friends. You great. We both like banana splits. We have a good time. <laughs> hey, 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 we can shoot it up on a friend level. Yeah. Where I'm trying to go with a mate, a love interest, I don't see us being great in that space. Yeah, that's so, so good. Yeah. Everything else will come into place, but you just have to have some key, some key, some guiders, some mm-hmm. boundaries in a sense, right? Yeah. Some ideas of what you're doing. Because if you're flying out of seat of your pants, everything shiny is going to be appealing. Exactly. And there's so many people who I, I, will often talk to people when they're dating. It's like, there are a lot of good men out there, but that doesn't mean that everyone is a good fit. And like I said, but you have to be cognizant about where am I going? Does this, you know, and, and it's the idea about marriage. And I know people look at marriage differently, but I too am a believer. And so I look at marriage as it's a kingdom thing, right? And so marriage is a ministry. And it's like, if my, if our ministries aren't going to align, if we don't know how we're going to serve together, if we don't, then it just doesn't fit. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't, it just means we don't fit. And that's okay. You know, we can fit over here platonically. You know, we can fit over here, but you're just not meant to do life every single day with me. And that's okay. It's okay when friendships don't fit, you know, but a lot of times people, they, there's trauma there that's unaddressed in there. If it doesn't fit, then it like hurts, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's okay, you know, and it's okay, like you said, to have those standards and to say, I know where I'm going, but that's the important part of knowing ourselves too, because if you don't know where you're going, then you'll be led anywhere. If somebody, yeah. you know, when they going and then you wind up, now you're just where they at. And you're like, then you wake up five years later and you're like, wait, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'm so unfulfilled in this space, right? Yeah. I'm so unfulfilled in your relationship should add to your wholeness, to your fullness, to you being fulfilled and operating in that space. The more you work on you and your purpose, why mm-hmm. God created you, the more you'll be aware who fits with that. Yeah. But sometimes we're not sure of our purpose. 
why were we created? What I'm here for? What what fulfills me? Yeah. Anything could fill that void of I want to be with someone. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I want to connect with someone. I'm at a certain age. I have so many um, clients that that operate there. Um, I'm at such and such an age. I should have X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then leaves they'll feel like it's not hopeless. Yeah. It's totally hopeless. It's not possible for me. And anytime you have that mindset on, it shuts down so many other options. Yeah. Why am I still single? I have a desire to connect with a mate. Why, why I'm still single or whatever the lesson is, let me get it. Because mm-hmm. I want to be so magical and so productive in this space of my partners help me. Yeah. So whatever I need to become, help me to become that person that you'll be pleased to say, that's my son's wife. Right yeah. Yeah. That's his queen. <laughs> yeah. You know, stop so looking at our seasons as punishment. I think that's what we, you know, sometimes, and I think there's a reconciling. I tell people all the time, my relationship with God changed so much when I went from this sinner savior relationship to father daughter. Like if I know that this is my father and he's a good father, he's not punishing me. He's not putting me in the corner. You know, like you said, it's really looking at like, you know, he wants to be my friend. He wants the best for me. So if I'm awaiting the best, then, and being single is not a punishment because truth be told, a lot of married folk wish that they could go back to being single and get some stuff done and be like man if I would have just stayed single another six months what could I have gotten done what could I you know so really capitalizing on that time and not looking at it as this punishment of like I must be doing something wrong and this no sometimes it has absolutely absolutely nothing to do with you it's just not your season and that's okay totally okay and know that God would hold anything good back from you yeah nothing well he loves you too much to give you something that you're not ready for yeah that's gonna hurt you that's going to put you on a place of taking five steps back because mm-hmm. he gave something too premature. Exactly. Now he's going to develop you. He's going to help you become exactly who you need to be to operate effectively in that space. Yeah. So and for have- us to be a, a little humble too, He'll, he might not want us to jack our partners up. He might be like, they ain't ready, but you ain't ready yet. And I'm not going to bring you to a place where you're going to hurt them. Apologies, <laughs> now. You are not two to three of the promoter. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down with your wife. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one thing I want to talk about. The, so tell, let's talk a little bit, you know, about life after divorce, especially with children, um, because that was that's a you know reality a lot of people had. So when I got divorced, my daughter was very young. Um, she was three. And so now, you know, we're it's almost 10 years later. So we've been doing this for longer than she knew us together. But, you know, just talk a little bit about what that transition looks like for people, um, whether they're younger children or older children, because that's a big shift for them too. Yeah, I think with um, parents, I was a parent as well. My my children, Jada, my youngest was seven, Mm -hmm. I believe, seven or nine, between that age. Um, And I think as, 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 because we come here, we, at the end of the, the thing, it's so emotional. Mm-hmm. So trying to say, be grown, be mature, have the children in, in mind, that's reality. But we be having so many emotions, right? Yeah. So you have to sit down and, and just really accept that this is where I'm at. I have children looking at me. I have children that I'm responsible for. So I can't always move with this 
emotion of he left or he said this or he did this because we played victim really well. Not holding ourselves accountable for how we showed up, what we did, who we picked. Yeah. So I say keep have this, the kids in the center of it, not to the degree that is mommy, baby, daddy. The focus is the child. How can we best serve this child? Yeah. And it's, it's the hardest thing to do, right? Especially with co-parent. Because with the physical death, you bury them, they gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some type of closure. But with this death called divorce, he still walking around. He mm-hmm. show up every Thursday to pick up the baby. <laughs> Some of this new girl over there at the assembly, you looking at the baby trying to, hey, baby, baby. And you, <laughs> she ain't all that. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to have the children and everything we do. Yeah. Because they depending on us. We already made this, this grown folks decision to end this thing called the life they knew. Right. We did that. That was us grown folks making that decision. Yeah. Hey, this is where we're at now. However, let me get my bearings in order. Let me focus on how I can best service my child. Yeah. Because they they so resilient that they can bounce back from this. And they're going to be so traumatized. Yeah. It's all about how we show best parents. How much residue we leave on them regarding this divorce. Yeah. No, it's okay to love mommy and to love daddy. Mm-hmm. Mommy and daddy didn't work as a unit, but we still both got your back. Right. And the more we give them security and safety in a safe place, the better they will be Absolutely. in this space called divorce. Yeah. They be like, oh, we got two bedrooms. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, what's the yeah. new game? Two PlayStation. Right. Yeah. You have to have emotionally honest conversations too. I mean, I recognize I'm a therapist, so I have very I try I want my children to be very emotionally intelligent. So we have conversations that probably normal kids don't have. But you know, I know one of the things of I really, especially as my daughter, I try to show her the strength of emotions and that especially as a black woman it's okay to not always have it all together every single day it's okay to be sad and it's okay you know so we would have conversations of like you know yeah mommy and daddy didn't work together but it doesn't mean I'm not sad about it it doesn't mean that I don't miss seeing you every day it doesn't mean that you know that it was hard you know something like that or just having things or there was decisions that had to be made about where she would go to school and who she would live with the majority of the week and like all those things and so the older she gets, you know, I can give her insight into that, you know, because sometimes, like you said, kids are so resilient and we try to protect them and we don't teach them sometimes how to deal with those hard emotions of, look, everything isn't roses. It's okay that this situation doesn't feel good. Like I got my um, ex-husband got married first and then I got married a couple of years later and I recently started talking to my daughter about, you know, well, how did it feel? You know, you already had a step parent, but she was like, I didn't want, I didn't want another step parent. Me and you had such a good life. Like we were fine. And so she was, has been able to give a little bit more insight into the struggle that she had with, you know, going into having another blended family. But I had to create space for that because yeah. I could have just been like, girl, this is our new reality. This is what it is. Mom, you know, but I had to be like, well, how do you feel about it? Even when I got engaged, I was like, you know, all right, this is going to happen. This is going to be a shift. What are you feeling about it? Let's talk about it. What do you like? What do you not like? You know, and having those conversations because they're little people, but their emotions are the same as ours. There's yeah. no little anger. There's no little, you know, like all of that. They just don't have the capacity and the language to articulate it like we do, but they feel the same things that we do. For sure. They definitely people with feelings and 
some things feel so out of their control because we're making all the decisions, mm -hmm. but at least we can leave space for them to share. Yeah. How do you think about this? What are you feeling? You know, and just expound on it. Mm -hmm. Because some of it is just, hey, a conversation that needs to be had. And now they feel at ease with it. So what does that mean? Are you still going to spend time with me? Or now that I'm getting a new daddy, a stepfather, when I still see my daddy, my biological father, what that look like, what that feel like. Right. So it's just conversation. And we have to respect them mm -hmm. as the little emotional people with feelings and thoughts and desires yeah. as they are. Because I know... I'm 49, so, you know, you seen and not heard. Go somewhere and sit down, little girl. Right. <laughs> sit at the kid's table. What you think, what you feel is not as important as me, the grown person, mother, daddy, what they think and what they feel. You just buy, do what I tell you to do. Right. Basically. And that don't get us far. Not at all. Because we want them to be safe. We want them to be emotionally mature, mm -hmm. emotionally intelligent. We don't want them to just fly off the handle every time they feel that they're in a space that they don't like to be. Mm -hmm. We allow them to talk about it, to express themselves. If we're open to listening, and sometimes we're going to hit an ugly truth. When I first started my coaching business, I didn't know that my girls felt the way they did. We had some real open conversation mm. on camera, mind Ooh. you. <laughs> I can't think of the topic it was. I think it was the effects of divorce with young children or something to that mm -hmm. degree. And my girls were sharing something. The first episode was me and them. The second episode was just them. I was off the camera. I was at the next one listening like, I can do that, you know? <laughs> you know, so we was able to have conversations that we never had before. Yeah. Because I never set the stage for it. Yeah. I never had the space for it. I never had the capacity to even hear them as valuable people. They were so invalid. It was just all about, I feel this way. Are we doing this? We moving. We going to this school. You going yeah, here. Never yeah. asked them how they felt. Wow. Even taking them to therapy. Let the therapist say, I didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. I just did. And that, and that that's person I was then, I didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So I would tell the, a mother to, you know, just open yourself up to hearing the children. Yeah. You have to, because if not, you're going to put them in a situation with this new relationship that's going to be, it's going to cause havoc. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of unresolved issues and emotions that's undealt with that's going to interfere with your new relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And for, so, and for them, too, I mean, I know we're women and we can speak from the experience of women, but I definitely want to shout out because I know men, you guys experience the same things that we oh, do and the yes, same emotion, yes, you know, and divorce yes. is just as difficult. Um, and so the same thing, finding good community, making sure that you're allowing yourself to go through the process and to make sure you have people who are safe. You know, that you can say, look, this is devastating. My whole world is changing and I don't know how to feel about that. And I think people... Even if a divorce was a good choice for you, it doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt. And so many times people send this message of like, well, this was best for y'all anyway. So it's, and it's, it doesn't mean that you just get over it. It doesn't mean that things are still dying. The future that you thought you had is dead now. It's never going to happen. Yeah. The future yeah. children, you guys, maybe you're all these things. And so giving yourself space to grieve and to do all that is so important. So men and women, I just want to shout that out because I mean, yes. it's yeah. <laughs> 
I'm self-connected to women that sometimes I do. Yeah. Uh, it's begin to address the men. Yes, because they have the same emotions. Yeah. We think men don't have these emotions or it's not like a death to them where they like don't change or shift. Even no matter who is the cause of it or the reason behind the divorce, we all go through the same emotions. Yeah. Maybe different times, different phases, but we all have to address it. Yeah. So yeah, they, they go through a, a great deal as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. men, and men sometimes can be more um, devastated because they don't do this some things that we do. Like, I could be at the beauty shop with you. You're getting your hair done. I'm getting my nails done. We just now meeting, and we're talking about our divorce. Right. And I'm saying, yeah, this thing hurt me, and it showed her I did this and this. Men don't go to the beauty um, the barber shop and be like, yeah, man, I messed that up. And yeah, I did this, and, you know, I got it. They, they don't do that. Yeah. They don't always have that safe space to be vulnerable. Right. And to get that off their chest and to allow someone to speak into their life. So, Absolutely. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that ain't fair. And coach, that community yeah. is so needed. You can just have one or two good friends that, you know, maybe somebody experienced divorce that you can just really confine in and just really be just totally naked. Yeah. Your therapist, your coach. What, whoever it is, you definitely don't want to do this life, whether you're single, divorced, or married mm -hmm. by yourself. You still yeah. need someone to, to travail with you on whatever it is, whatever season you're in, you don't want to face it alone. Our Go nervous on. system is not designed to be alone. It's yes. one connect with And yes. you want to be connected with a person from a place of hope. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Are there any closing things that you would like to share? Do you want to tell people where they can find you if they're like, hey, I'm going for a divorce. I'm interested in DRU. So tell us a little bit about how they can find you. Yes. Again, my name is Monique Michelle. If you have a, if you're going through a phase, young lady or young man, because I do work with men too, um, that you find yourself in this space and you need assistance. Uh, we are here to help you. Again, we all certified coaches with the niche in divorce. Um, we at DRU.com, divorcerecoveryuniversity.com, 773-389-4004. Um, and we're there to service you. We'll walk you through from where you at. We'll give a plan of, of action to where you have a desire to be. We work at your pace. Uh, we don't force you to talk about anything that you're not ready to talk about. We do challenge you on how you see yourself. We talk about limited beliefs. We talk about the love of God, the identity that you have in God. We meditate. We talk about controlling your mind and accepting responsibility because it's your response that really dictates your next move, how you see a thing. We talk about the, the shift that's needed in your perspective. Right, like, what are you looking at? What do you see? I see a glass that's half full. You see one that's half empty. We're gonna talk about why we see it half empty versus half full. The root of a thing yeah. is what we addressed on our coaching session. And we have an eight week program where we go through um, the beginning of a thing to an end of a thing. And we always there, even after your coaching sessions has ended, you can always give us a call and just chat it up. Cause you become one. It'd be a sisterhood, a brotherhood. Yeah, be yeah. like family. Be yeah. like family. So yeah, please, if we're here if you if you need us. 
Yes, I love that. Thank you again, Monique, so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoy this. This is my camp right here. I love it. I love the people. And we need to help each other to get into this deep fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Life Beyond the Couch. Take care. Be great.